0: Jake Podcast. It is March 29th, opening day in Major League Baseball. Really excited. Last year was an awesome season where the Astros uh, finished off the Dodgers in Game 7 of the World Series. A really exciting World Series, the second one in a row that was really watchable and a lot of fun. And after an early exit for the Cleveland Indians in the playoffs, I'm really excited for the season to start back up again. With me today talking baseball is my one of my favorite baseball guests to have on the podcast mr. Owen Stewart Owen
1: what's going on man not much happy to be here ready for another season of baseball
0: yeah really excited I mean aside from the fact that my Indians fell to your Yankees to end the season it was a an exciting series a five gamer it was like the only opening round series that was worth watching yeah. it seemed like So
1: many back and forth just in the middle of the games too.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know what? Even though there were like two one-sided games for each team, Mm -hmm. then there were two really tight games that each team took one. And then game five kind of happened where it was like the Yankees took an early lead and it kind of got a little out of control for the Indians. Their defense really kicked them in the ass this year, but uh, last year. But new year, a lot of new faces in New York. I got a lot of new faces around the league with free agency being kind of a A weird one this year I I, like it was so strange to me to see all these guys have to wait for these contracts and then Jake Arrieta ends up in Philadelphia Eric Hosmer ends up in San Diego I don't really know what's going on
1: yeah it's an interesting reshuffling a lot of teams especially like what these guys got in trouble with was the Red Sox they did spend but they weren't going to bid against themselves the Yankees were not spending free agent wise because they're trying to get under the luxury the luxury tax. So it was like the perfect storm for all these guys, plus Machado, Harper next year is the super year where you're going to see a $400 million player.
0: Yeah. So it
1: just all was the worst possible year to be a free
0: agent. You know, it's kind of funny because for the last year, the Indians have been trying to ink Francisco Lindor, and they offered him a $100 million contract, and I believe it was a seven-year deal. And he wisely turned it down because he listened to his agent. Now, it's a lot more money uh, than he's making now. He would be getting paid a super amount of money more, but by waiting, he's going to see this Harper contract. Mm -hmm. He just saw Altuve get that enormous contract, and that's the bar for him now, because he's younger and plays, I guess, a more prime position. Plus, plus, you know, I mean, Altuve, MVP, I get it, but Francisco Lindor is going to get an MVP in his career.
1: Yeah, he's... Tremendous player. There's so many shortstops around Major League Baseball
0: right now. It's it's nuts. so much fun seeing shortstop be like the renaissance position again. Yeah. It was a lot of fun when we were growing up with guys like Nomar and A-Rod when he was still playing shortstop and Jeter. I mean, Miguel Tejado was like the forgotten guy yeah. and he won an MVP yeah. when we were in like seventh well, grade. didn't
1: make the movie Moneyball either.
0: Oh, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. In Moneyball, they're like, oh, this like light hitting shortstop. I'm like, I think he had 140 RBIs that year. <laughs> It was backed up was by Eric Chavez. Runs. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I, as much as I love Moneyball, and I really do love that movie, they kind of left out you know, the, the fact best that best. they had one of the best pitching staffs of our lifetime, <laughs> an MVP, a Gold Glove third baseman who like, raked. <laughs> Regardless. Uh, really excited, though. Want to do some predictions this year, all right? Let's do it. So the, that will definitely be wrong. Right. The predictions will Sorry. be wrong, and for... Just to be clear, we're recording after we already saw the afternoon games of opening day. It's so
1: super recency
0: bias. Also. Yeah, so a little bit of a recency bias towards that. <laughs> you just have to appreciate that you know we're, we're going to uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to tease anything. so all right, here we go. start with the AL East. Uh, last year, you had the Red Sox win the division, the Yankees got the first wild card and won the opening wild card game. Uh, Yankees end up coming pretty close to making the world series. What do you think this year?
1: I think it'll be tight at the top. Mm-hmm. You have the bottom. It's a fairly clearly defined bottom three right now where Tampa, Tampa probably will come out hot cause they're young. Mm-hmm. And then you get all those guys, you get the scattering port on them second time through. They're not ready. They're not even close.
0: Yeah. And they
1: trade away their franchise cornerstone.
0: Yeah, they really don't have kind of like a threatening presence anywhere on the team. No. Uh, They'll probably win games that they're not supposed to. But if, you know, they're one of the locks to be drafting in the top five, top six.
1: Yeah. No. Then Baltimore is a solid team. Baltimore and the Yankees are going to hit trillions of home runs. So those two teams playing each other. Could end up being some must-watch games.
0: Always a lot of fun watching those Friday night Oriole-Yankee games. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Those are always a good <laughs> one to turn on. Ruts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of game yeah. breaks go into Baltimore. Yeah. So,
1: But even then, Baltimore starting pitching death-wise just doesn't have it. Yeah. So they won't really contend. Toronto, I hate Toronto more than any other team. Because when they win, it's like they just reinvented baseball. Especially Josh Donaldson, I hate that mm-hmm. guy more than anyone else.
0: He rubs planet. a lot of players or, or people the wrong way. Uh, I get it. I like his fiery attitude. It's but funny, it yeah. but n- now it's like kind of like spinning a wheel that's not going anywhere because I I think their pitching's a little overrated. Yes, um, I, I think Marcus Stroman's one of the more overrated players in baseball. Yeah. He throws a lot of very hittable pitches. But he was
1: the ace of Team USA, World Baseball Classic
0: champion. That's fine. That's you know, great for Team <laughs> USA. You can ride that. But we're talking about the AL East, where the AL East is a little yeah. bit stronger than Team USA right now. Uh, but it, so, I mean, I, I'm with you on Toronto. I think they fall to fourth. I think Baltimore gets third. Yeah. Uh, but it's a clear one-two. How do you see the, you know it finishing out? I think... I think with health,
1: I, don't know if I, actually, I want to say the Yankees will. Okay. The Yankees' back end of their bullpen is so much better. The issue is how much does that win for you in the regular season? Right. The regular season, I mean, your starters can carry you. You're not using your bullpen the way the Yankees use them, the way the Indians use them in the mm-hmm. World Series yeah. that year. You can't. Or with a rookie manager, works. too. You know? Yeah, with the rookie manager, Aaron Boone, which just from watching what they showed with the camera panning to the dugout, Larry Rothschild and him were talking basically the entire game. So I think, really, Rothschild's going to be making the calls on the pitching staff, which sure. is good. Yeah, you I want mean, that. He's going to have a ton of autonomy there. I'm not really sure 100% what Aaron Boone is actually doing. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's just there, and Brian Cashman is kind of like telling him, going into games like, "All right, this is the lineup we're putting out. Here's what you're telling them to do. Now go do it. Go on."
0: Yeah, I mean, you're I paid a couple million, and maybe that's why they got rid of Girardi I because think, Girardi yeah. it has been around the block a little too yeah. long, and they were like, "Look, we're gonna have a fresh new approach. We kind of want a fresh new manager yeah. who's gonna do what we want, not really." do what he knows works because what he knows works might be a little different from what we're going What's going forward. Yeah,
1: and I think that's kind of where you're seeing a lot of these teams going. I mean, you look at the Astros won the World Series last year with a guy who got his first managing job straight out of a front office. Good point. And didn't have any respect from those players, but Mm -hmm. has obviously earned it over time. So that's kind of where it's headed. The The old baseball man is on his way out. Unless he gets adapted to these numbers.
0: Yeah, it's it. I mean, you have guys like Terry Francona, you mm-hmm. have like the old timers yeah. all around the league. Yeah. But uh, you do see a lot of these young managers, not young necessarily, but new managers coming in and doing things kind of the managerial way. Yeah. It will be interesting because Boone never even was in the front office, he came yeah. straight out of the booth. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that'll be really interesting. Yeah. Um, I think the Red Sox hold on to the division. I think David Price kind of has a bounce back year and they're pitching the starting pitching. The starters are much better. But then again, the I don't think decently. this really matters all that much. And I think everyone's prediction is going to come down to two, three games. Yeah. I think the Red Sox end up winning the division at 96 games. Mm-hmm. Yankees win the wild card one at 93 games. That's kind of my prediction. Yeah. I don't think it's that crazy. I could totally see it going the other way. Yeah. You know, after watching the Yankees this afternoon, uh, and if, like, you know, they just seem like, hey, if you can keep your starting pitcher con- pitching consistently, you're a clear 90-plus win team.
1: Yeah, which I think they will. Last year at the end of the year, they really did find it. Mm-hmm. At The whole rotation got into a great rhythm. Sabathia learned, really relearned, not relearned how to pitch, but, I mean, he adjusted finally. Yeah. Uh, to throw him with less velocity, really pitching off of this slider and than his fastball. Yeah. Tanaka, Tanaka is the scariest one of the bunch because you never know that elbow just feels like a ticking time bomb. Right, but he's been fine for three years now, I guess. Since he had the little,
0: you know, the addition of, of Gray, uh, you know, will, will yeah, will stabilize them so that they don't need to force them to go extra innings. Mm-hmm. You know, they can kind of just say, "Hey, listen, we're gonna stop you after six on most games," yeah. which probably is the best way to go. You know, they did that with CC. To get him back into like playing shape, yeah. that's the one I'm most worried about because CC, you've seen bad CC. Now he's kind oh. of reinvented himself, yeah. which is like really strange to see because he was such a powerful pitcher yes. in his Cleveland years and then in his early mm-hmm. Yankee years that you're like, I, I can't believe he's turning into like the Greg Maddox frame it or Tom Glavine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I mean, that slider doesn't bite. He's screwed. I know, but it, it so works. He'll
1: throw up some stinkers. Yeah. The same with Jordan Montgomery at the back end, but I think Montgomery will be really good for him, I hope. Yeah. Hopefully this year he's a little stronger, can make it through a full year more. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to. Last year, where they lost a lot of games at the beginning of the year, Michael Pineda was on staff. Okay. Um, oh, who was the left? Oh, Jamie Garcia. Oh. Who could not been a Jaime. bit so of do little bit of a little bit of a little deeper off a little deeper off a little I of a little bit 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 of a
0: right bit of in little bit of a right of like, which, and you know, D.D. and Gardner, it kind of seems like all of their big bats are right-handed. And which,
1: in this age of the shift, mm-hmm. I think is important. And I think you're going to see the game go that way a lot. Yeah. Where, yes, you still want your lefties to balance out your lineup and everything. But in a right-handed hitter, teams just can't shift against them as much. Yeah. Those guys are just more balanced. The two home runs that Stanton hit today, and really what he's been working on all spring training, is, were the right center. Yeah, And that's where Judge last year, in the beginning of the year, when he was the MVP the first half of the season, that's where he was hitting the ball. Right. The right center field. Yeah. So if they can stay in that approach, they should, I mean, they're going to break the home run record, most likely. I wouldn't be and surprised. the Eagles are going to give that
0: team home run record it's, a shot, too. It's kind of funny that, like, you know, it it might happen twice in one yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, moving over to the AL West, uh, the Astros won the World Series last year. They seem like the same exact team yes. that brings it uh, from last season. Plus Garrett Cole. Plus Garrett Cole. <laughs> um, they added Joe Smith in the bullpen. That I think is it, like that'll be a an unseen move by a lot of people. And it's what they needed. But it's exactly what they needed, and I think no one's gonna touch them in that division. No. They. That one's almost a question of how
1: many games do you think
0: they win? Yeah, you know, every year... hysterical. Yeah, so <laughs> we both agreed that the Astros are going to win by, I think, like 10, 12 games yeah, possibly.
1: They could, they could
0: run it up. I look at teams like... I, I, Texas is on the very back end of their, like, yeah. playoff run, and that's... And the back end slides. And, oh, and bad. it's and it's very bad. They're You know, they no longer have Darvish... Uh, I I think Cole Hamels is a deadline deal. Yeah. He goes elsewhere. I wouldn't be stunned I mean if he wants to go play for a winner if they try to if Beltray gets moved. Sure. If they're that bad. Yeah. I have been a big Beltray oh. fan his whole career. He's usually the uh answer to every question in the seventh <laughs> inning of any game. They're like which current players? I'm like Asia Beltra. He has every statistic yeah. you could possibly want.
1: And you think if you just kinda of look around the league both leagues like
0: how many teams are really that short up at third base that no,
1: use you're right the,
0: yeah a lot of teams can use him and if he goes the right team where he can be banged sixth or seventh in the lineup and yeah. you don't need to you know pay the farm yeah. to go get him yeah so uh but Texas isn't a threat uh i think Seattle every year a lot of people like to pump up they might start the year good or end the year good but that's about it they're yeah. usually like an 86 win team at the most yeah. and but i don't, don't think back that's enough Europe. Yeah, they brought back row. <laughs> but I just don't see that being enough. I know they revamped their offense, too, this year. Mm-hmm. I just don't see them threatening enough, no. possibly as a wild card, too, but, like, again, not, nothing to None scratch of them, the division. Yeah,
1: all of the the biggest problem for all of those teams in the West is that they have to play 17 games against the Houston Astros yeah. where they'll get clipped. Yeah, what do you think about
0: Otani? You know, I, I think he's gonna have a rougher year than a lot of people yeah. think.
1: I think he's in an, almost an impossible situation with all the hype, mm-hmm. being so young, coming from Japan. If he had less hype, if almost if like if he was only a pitching phenom or only a hitting phenom, yeah. And at his age, they could have started him in the minors, mm-hmm. let him learn, let him build his way up. Now he's gonna have to learn on the fly. Yeah, and we'll see how he does with it. And but it's
0: and, and he's going to the right wrong team. Rough. Yeah, he's, like that's that that was the first thing I noticed when he when he picked the Angels. I'm like, they they don't have a complete team. Yeah, they need to be trading guys like Otani. Yeah. you know they don't need to be getting. I, I know he's really young, so I, I guess that's yeah. unfair to say they should be trading a young player like that. Uh, but I just think that they're, they're so incomplete as a team, and they yeah. have so many holes. These, like that, like their best starting pitcher plan. wouldn't make the Indians' rotation. Yeah. They have
1: no. It's almost like they're building with no plan, like just dumping a lot of money on him. Mm-hmm. All the money, the Pujols deal set him back a lot, right? But they did nothing to surround Mike Trout, which mm-hmm. is maybe that. Well, this is an attempt to surround, Mike yeah, Trout with somebody. I think this but will be the start tonight. of their
0: rebuild. But like the A's, I think the Angels, like you know, they might make a little bit of noise, but they're not going to be nearly good enough to I make like, the playoffs. I like the A's this year. Okay, all right, go.
1: I think they come off last year. They ended the year. Really, really well. Mm-hmm. Outscored their opponents finally for the first time in years. I think they surprised some people. I think they're in the wild card chase for a okay. while. Interesting for that second wild card. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to when we get to the central. I don't think they'll play enough weak teams. Yeah,
0: uh, that's that's to be
1: able to clinch that wild. Depending that
0: upon wild what card they do card. in the division, you know, they're going to yeah. have to beat Seattle. They're going to yes. have to clean up yeah. on Texas and L.A. if they want to make a run. And again, a young team, are they ready to yeah. do all that It's tough. capitalize on those games? It's tough. So, uh, we're in agreement. Astros win the uh, division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, we'll get to the wild cards later. Yeah. Uh, let's do this real quick. AL Central. We're both it's a Cleveland the Indian. Indians. Like, this is... Uh, and I know I'm a homer. Like, I'm a like as big of a homer as they come. Uh, this but this... One.
1: This one's
0: worth it. (laughs) Right now, I mean, in my lifetime, you know, talk about like the best runs of any Cleveland sport. Like the Indians run over the last three years has been really special. Uh, They return most of their guys. Losing Carlos Santana is going to hurt a lot, but hopefully Yonder Alonso can bring back what he did in the first half of the season and less of what he brought back in the second (laughs) half of the season. Uh, Otherwise, they're going to be bringing back Michael Brantley at one point. Uh, my pick, and you know, we'll get to the awards later, but my pick for Comeback Player of the Year is Jason Kipnis. I think he had a really down year last year, and he's got a really good chance to just be, if he's healthy, which he is, he yeah. had a great spring. He's going to be batting second between Lindor and Ramirez, which is good a spot. really <laughs> nice spot to be batting. And he's a veteran. They're not going to ask him to do too much. And I think, he'll be at second base again. And he'll be at second base again where he's like happy. Yeah. I think he's a bounce-back candidate. And you look at their rotation is the same. Yeah. They're healthy. Still incredible. Andrew Miller's the big question mark because he ended last year just not the same guy. Mm -hmm. He needs to be the same guy, but I do think no one's going to touch him in the division. I don't want to get ahead of myself, and I'm knocking Mm -hmm. on wood because (laughs) I I hate getting ahead of myself. But I just – I'm very confident about this team. I think they're very good. I think the Twins did a really good job of getting a lot of bargain buys. Yes. And and that will be a little scary, but I think at the end of the day, the Indians win the game, win the division yeah. seven eight games.
1: Yeah, Minnesota will definitely be number two, mm-hmm. just because nobody else is all that good. White Kansas Rocks City
0: brought rude. back Mustakas, but Salvi Perez got hurt yeah. getting off the plane. Yeah, it's a t- it's a really tough break and because they yeah. yeah. they like the who were we saying before like Toronto. Yeah. They don't really know where they are because they're at the back end of their run. Mm-hmm. Unlike Toronto, they won a World yes. Series though. Yeah, that is but, so
1: they can spend a lot of yeah. nights saying, Remember 2015? Yeah, exactly. And, awesome. and there's nothing
0: wrong with that because. <laughs> no. Especially know, not with the small
1: market clubs. That's just how baseball
0: ends up being. Exactly. And, and you just have, have to appreciate that. I think the White Sox are building the exact way you're supposed to build yes. in baseball. And while they're not going to. Theirs is kind of cool
1: because they really depleted themselves that you're getting to see all these guys. Yeah, you're going to be quiet. able to
0: watch them come up and play. I mean, the one guy hit three homers today. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and he wasn't even and Tim Anderson, right? And yes. He's not even yeah. supposed to be like the best of the bunch. You know? yes. He's just supposed to be like the number two hitting shortstop. Yeah. But I, I do think uh, they'll be exciting going forward. Fortunately for the Indians, their window will probably be. Be kind of done by the time the White Sox are ready to like contend. Yeah. So I think they're not going to no. overlap. And Detroit is kind of a mess. Oh God, uh, the, like, I mean, Miguel Cabrera even if knows I'm, he's like, what am I even doing um, here?
1: If I'm a Red Sox fan, I look at that situation in Detroit and just go, and we hired that guy? Yeah. Like Dave Dombrowski. And it's not like Dave Dombrowski is not doing the same exact thing with the Red Sox. Like, they have a ton of young guys that were there already. Mm-hmm. And then he traded the rest of the young
0: guys. That's, I mean, it's totally true. It's totally true. All right, so, you know, pretty uh, expected picks from the American League. I think National League might not be all that different. Uh, Let's go right to the East, talking about a winnable, or a completely (laughs) locked-up division in the AL Central. Uh, Are we seeing any, any threat to the Nationals in the East? None at all. Yeah. I I want to root for the Mets. I love Mickey yeah. Calloway. I like Jay Bruce. I like Estrebo Cabrera. There are a lot of things I yeah. like about the Mets, but I don't see anyone really contending they with the, the Nationals.
1: I mean, if they're all healthy and Harvey returns to Harvey, if he can all of a sudden do but We don't even know
0: what there. Harvey is anymore, though. No, that's though. true. Like, he, he was awesome before they made it to the World Series, and ever since then, he's kind of just been like poop. I'm very excited for these Mets, though, because somehow
1: within the last 2 years the Mets and Yankees totally traded roles where yeah. the Mets are now the old team mm-hmm. with Brandon Fraser and Adrian Gonzalez. Yeah, it's it's kind of just funny that works out no like idea that. What's happening.
0: Uh I I still think so I, I mean not to like completely dismiss the uh, the Nationals winning the division but I think Bryce Harper MVP candidate their pitching yep. is just too strong. Yeah. Their lineup is very deep and While I don't think they're going to be like a World Series team, I think they're still going to win the division. Their challenge is going to be to keep Scherzer under 200 innings
1: or 250 innings this year, so maybe he can pitch in the
0: playoffs. So, and I look at, like, you know, the Phillies are a lot of, like, everyone's surprise pick. Uh, You know, they they had a rough start today, but I still think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch going forward. They are my third team in, in that division. I think Miami and Atlanta kind of fall on their face. But other than that, and there's not much to talk about in the NL East because the Nationals have had it for such a long time. Yeah. Their team isn't really training, changing that much. And I think they know that. And that's such an advantage when you go into the season with that expectation you can manage differently. Yeah,
1: big yeah, time.
0: Yeah. So, all right, NL East, Nationals, NL all Central, easy. Uh, the Cubs have been the cream of the crop the last few years. It's starting to get a little more exciting behind them. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, not really in the talk. But I think Milwaukee could be a little surprising this year. Yeah, they made a ton of moves. A lot of moves. Uh, very un-Milwaukee-like. Yeah, very un-Milwaukee-like, and that's fine. And if you saw the Sandlot video, uh-oh, they're ready. <laughs> they're they, best friends. They're, they're best, best friends now. So there's something about camaraderie. You know, This reminds me of like the Indians in 2013 about a team that just like, Hey, not a lot of people knew a lot about them, but they had something going. Uh, Lorenzo Cain, one of those faces in a new place that I think could really do well. I still think the Especially Cubs that will win Walmart the division. With big
1: gaps, same type of, same type of stadium he played with in Kansas City, and yeah. had a ton of success at the plate. Yeah, if he stays he healthy, just drives the ball gap to gap so well.
0: If he stays healthy, he could be an all-star. Uh, you know, and getting an all-star is a huge lift for Milwaukee, who was already starting. to not suck. Yeah, no, doesn't suck. Yeah. Doesn't suck, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Any chance the Cardinals make a run? I don't know much about them, although I know they ended the year with just like a a pretty strong roster going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're still going to be solid. They're not, I don't think they're near the Cubs, Mm -hmm. and I think Milwaukee is just better than them too. Like, they're not, they're not a losing team by any means, and they'll win games, they're just not as talented as those other
0: teams. So we're in agreement with the Chicago Cubs. Getting Yu Darvish having a team that's mostly intact from the World Series he, run, You
1: Darvish literally cannot be as bad as he was.
0: No, that's a good point too. He has a you know he has a lot of room for improvement. So I think uh, I think that the Cubs will kind of be the favorite in the National League again. Is my thought going over to the NL West? I think that'll be the most fun division this year. You have the Dodgers who lost in the World Series last year, had a chance to win it all. Lost in Game 7. There were some really great games. They return a very good lineup. Uh, Clayton Kershaw. What, what do you like outside of the Dodgers in the NL West? Well, Arizona's
1: interesting. See how they can replace the production of J.D. Martinez. Yeah. Colorado is go, going to be good again. Mm-hmm. They have pretty much everybody back. And they <laughs> end up getting uh, Gonzalez back for cheap. Yeah. So they'll be talented. The Giants might just be hysterical to watch and just talk about what they would have been five years ago.
0: Yeah, when we were in college to see how they would have been. You know, Evan Longoria and Andrew and McCutcheon. McCutcheon. And they gave guys up for them. Yeah. San Diego? Yeah. San Diego's an interesting
1: one because they brought in Hosmer. They got a lot of their young guys are starting to be ready, a lot of those farm system players. Mm-hmm. They might be poised to be able to make a run. I don't know yet. Probably not yet. I don't know if they pitch well enough, but really, probably. I mean, definitely Dodgers up top. They're the most yeah. talented team, and with young talent, which is the scariest part about that. But they're gonna be good for a while. I,
0: I I like what you're saying about the Diamondbacks. I really like them. I think they have a chance to win that division this year. I don't think the Dodgers run away with it. I think the Diamondbacks actually steal it from them. Just on, on like, a hunch. Nothing, nothing ground there, just other than I love the way they played last year. I still really like their team, and I think, you know, anything can happen in baseball over 162 games, yeah. and they're my pick to win the division and edge out the Dodgers. I think Colorado also is one of my picks for a team to kind of take a slide. It seems like everything kind of fell in place for them really well last year, and I, I kind of think that kind of – like we'll bite them in the ass this mm. year cuz it just happens that way. So,
1: yeah. Those two teams were also out of the playoffs so fast you kind of forgot they were ever
0: in. Yeah. Year. Yeah. All right, so let's do our playoff predictions, all right? We uh, kind of went through who we think are going to win mm. each division. Who do you think comes out of the American League for the World Series? Well, you know what? Or, no, let's go with let's go with player predictions okay. before we pick our World Series. So, MVP out of The American League, yeah, Stanton. Okay,
1: he's just gonna he's just gonna have a monster year. I don't know if it'll get devalued because he's in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Either him or Correa. Okay, I think Correa. If when Houston has another monster year, Correa gets all the love for it this year.
0: I think uh, those are good picks. Both guys could be, you know, uh, watered down based on oh the rest of their lineup is so good. Uh, I wanted to pick J.D. Martinez to be the MVP. I, I really like the way he plays. I think he's going to have a really good year. Uh, but my pick for MVP is Francisco Lindor. I'm going to be a bit of a homer. I He came in fifth in MVP voting last year, and I think he's just going to continue his meteoric rise. I think the Indians are a great team, and Lindor runs aw- uh, not runs away with the, the the award. I think he edges it out, and the Indians get their... First MVP in years. So, uh, right after they get a Cy Young. But, uh Cy Young. And both of us probably fucked up because we didn't mention Mike Trapp. No, I know. I mean, and, and I so like I, I get it, but it's kind of like a boring pick to point, go with them.
1: Yeah, and at some point, you gotta your team's got to win. Yeah. It drives me nuts every year when, yes, you had a great
0: individual year,
1: but you did it for a loser. So, mm-hmm. when you were playing, like... Yeah, teams
0: would. Every teams, time it comes to these things, I want to pick
1: as important. I want to pick other. guys that are
0: going to be on playoff teams. Yes. So that's that's why I go with that. Cy Young, American League. You got?
1: Well, I mean, Kluber is the easy one to go with. Right, he's won two so of the last four get, years. Yeah. If I want to get interesting, Severino. Okay. I think he developed the changeup over the winter. He's going to be even better this year. Okay. And a true bona fide ace.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, he has been showing that he's like, you know, even just watching him today, you're like, this guy is making the next step. Uh, things would go really well for him. He's come a long way. He's he come knows. a long way, yeah. Um, you know, you look at Kluber won last year. I don't think he wins it again. I think uh, that's just very bullish of me to be, like, going with that. He just, when he gets into a rhythm, he's so automatic. Chris Sale is kind of like the really popular pick right now. Uh, he'll suck in September again. Yeah, and that's and that's my my fear is that he'll be everyone's favorite pick, like he was last year. And some guys said like it's all over, sale one Cy Young, and I was like August twentieth. Yeah, and then the Indians never lost again, and Corey Kluber ended up getting it. Uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little crazy here, and I'm gonna say Carlos Carrasco. That's my Cy Young pick, and I know it's a little off the wall. <laughs> I know he's the second. He's number one, but they're number yeah, two. They're, they're number two. <laughs> I just, you know, for years, I'm like, man, this guy is so good. When he pitches a good game, it, it, he's unbelievable. Yeah. But the problem is, is, his, it health is his health, his health. Yeah, and 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 getting able to like just stay on the field the whole time. So, I think if he does that, Siam. And I think Felix Hernandez is, is was my other guy I wanted to put in the top three with him and Sale. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I don't want to be all Indians. I want to, you know, show some love. Yeah. So. Uh, but my favorite – now, my favorite award uh, that I want to talk about is comeback player. Now, this one I'm really excited about. And this could be AL or NL. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to go with Jason Kipnis. I'm going to – Just straight Indians. I'm loving my team this year. (laughs) 2018 Indians. Uh, Cy Young, I I could see going anyway, But comeback player. I don't know how they always figure this award out. Kipnis played a lot of games last year, but he played injured. This year, I'm thinking he bounces back. He might not be an all-star, but I think he has a really solid 275, 280, 20 homers. And just right between Ramirez and Lindor, I think he's just in a really nice spot to have a really great bounce back here. The Indians line up all together. It, it's a little different than it's been, but it's just a deep lineup. You know, Michael mm-hmm. Brantley's going to be coming back and you're batting seventh. You know, like that, that's a deep lineup. And I think that's just going to help everybody, especially Kittness.
1: Yeah. I, uh, the guy, if I had to go with somebody, the guy I hope would be Evan Longoria, have a resurgent year. Oh, that'd be cool. Cisco. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they're going to be particularly good. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just made some jokes at their expense already. They're not going to be fantastic as a team. They're probably all going to break down, but I think it'd be cool for Longoria to throw together another season where he puts a complete one together just because he's been so consistent for so long that last year was an abomination for him. Any any chance David Wright wins come back (laughs) later? I would love to see. I would love to see a betting line for how many... Games David Wright plays this year. Oh gosh,
0: it can't be that positive. Can it? Could it be like four? Line be six? <laughs> 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 uh, we made the line, It's five. There you oh, go. <laughs> man. Manager of the year, American League. What you got? Uh, uh, let's
1: see. American League. We got Hinch won the last year, right?
0: Yeah. I could see one of the new guys, either Cora or Boone, getting it. Uh, that's whoever, what I think. I think comes out in the AL East. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it'll go to – I think Boone will get it because – One of the rookie managers. and Whoever's R- team wins the AL East. That's fair. That's fair. The, the, those guys kind of seem up to it. and It's like, how, can you give it to Tito Francona again? He's got the same team he's had last three years. He's one manager of the year already. It's like <laughs> he's going to have to be really, really special if yeah, he wants to win it. Tough.
1: It's tough because guys who do a great job every year don't get recognized. Like in the NFL, Bill Belichick isn't getting Coach of the Year no. every year, even though everybody knows his best coach.
0: LeBron James is probably never going to win MVP again because he's just set such a high bar for himself. Like Belichick yeah. in coaching, it's like, okay, I mean, this is how it works now. Like, this is what I do. This is what you expect. Yeah. And people, yeah, exactly. to be, to win MVP, you have to wow people. Mm-hmm. And if you wow people every day, they're kind of like, yeah, I love it, but they don't even consider you for those awards. Yeah. Okay, switching gears to the National League. Uh, we went through, kind of made our same picks as last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the the winners from last year carry over. I think Diamondbacks win, but I think the Dodgers get the 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 top wild card, and I think they actually might even make it to the NL Championship game. I kind of think a Diamondback Dodger championship would be a, a lot of fun in the National League. That's what okay. kind of like my pick. Uh, But before we get into those, let's go with the individuals. Uh, You got your comeback player. Let's go with the Cy Young in the National League. Who you got?
1: Tough to pick against Kershaw. Yeah, I mean he's really good. Yeah, and until he he shows otherwise, he's exactly going to keep on being really good. They can beat him again.
0: It's funny watching him because he's just pissed every time he gives up a hit, and you're like, it happens twice a game. He gave up,
1: we were just watching before. He gave up a home run that snuck out, and he was stunned that it actually yeah somebody did that to
0: him. I uh, my pick just to you know make an argument. Uh, I'm going with Noah Uh I when think the he's help. Healthy, he's yeah, incredible. when he's healthy, he's incredible. I think with the help of Mickey Callaway, I think that's in, my one of my favorite new managers is Mickey Callaway. I'm a big big Callaway guy. I think uh, he'll end up winning National League Cy Young. The Mets, the Metropolitans, going to MVP over there. This, this, this would be a lot of fun. Stanton leaving the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you have all those home runs going up the East Coast to New York. Any, uh, any thoughts on who might take this one? Well, the guy who really makes
1: the Dodgers tick is Ballinger. Yeah. So if he. If he has another season like he just had last year. Yeah. And, I mean, him and Judge both had incredible rookie seasons. So if he can put that together here and keep the national attention on him, because the Dodgers are going to have, just like tonight, every primetime game available to him. Yeah. I could see him. I could see Chris Bryant up in Chicago. Make it a big name. And Bryce Harper. Yeah, I was going to make it really easy. I'm
0: going with Harper. I know he's staring that new contract in the face. And he's like, he's going to go and put up maybe his best career numbers in a lot of...
1: Harper strikes me as a guy who's motivated by getting a ginormous contract why not shouldn't we all be right Should yeah. I,
0: I think uh, I think he's the easy pick and I think it's everyone's going to be overlooking he's it by going rake, elsewhere <laughs> I Just he's going to be raking he's got so much protection as mm-hmm. long as he stays healthy and he keeps his eye on that new contract he's going to say I right. don't want 400 million I want 500 million yeah. so let's make that happen somehow uh, that'd be really interesting to see where he goes next year. I would like to see him stay in Washington, just because yeah. I like I seeing homegrown talent. Have the money to keep him. Yeah, they could. They like they could. It's just what he wants because yeah. he'll basically just choose whatever he wants next year. Yeah, it's not going to come down to a bidding more It's going to be uh, what I yeah. want as far as everybody's going to be around. Yeah. You got to figure everybody's going to give him around ten years, four
1: hundred million. Yeah.
0: Jesus Christ. What do you think, Manager yeah. of the Year? Uh, I I mean, I already said Mickey Callaway. I think. If he can get the Mets to that second wild card uh, and edge out teams like St. Louis or like that third National League West team. So like a lot of people, you know, last year the NL West sent all three teams. You know, you have Milwaukee kind of uh, could be that surprise team this year. I think that'd be really interesting. But yeah. I'm going to go with Mickey Calloway for National League Manager of the Year just because people are going to look at, wow, the Mets were such a stinker last year. Rookie manager comes in, they squeak in the playoffs mm. with 88 wins. Why not? Yeah, you stole my thunder there in
1: Milwaukee. I was going
0: to go with Craig Council. Yeah. It was a good pick. Yeah. Good pick. They're a lot of fun. I I like. I hope they don't fall flat on their face because I'm really excited to kind of make yeah. them like the thing. That's where,
1: yeah. And that's the one thing that makes me afraid of them. Like there's always this team every year that it's like, ooh, they made a lot of moves, got all these guys. Yeah, it's either
0: Seattle or Toronto every That's year. True. <laughs> Those are everyone's picks to be like, oh, you got to watch out. Yeah. Seattle's a sleeper. Yeah, uh, and it's funny because I actually think Seattle, like I was just crapping on before, but like I think they might get the second wild card in the AL. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go to New York and the Yankees take care of them, or they go to Boston, Boston mm-hmm. takes care of them. So, all right, uh, rookie of the year. It's rookie year is tough. Uh, you don't really need to get into that too much because, honestly, you never know who's going to come up for enough games. Uh, I like Fowler in Oakland. I think uh, you know you're mentioning it was a cool story. story. Yeah, it's a cool story, and I kind of want to see him stick it back to the, the Yankees a little bit. The win, you know, win, win rookie of the year a little out in yeah. Oakland. Uh, get traded while your knee is still. And not, not like, like I know guy. anything about the Atlanta Braves. It sounds like their second baseman is really good, so I'll pick him. Acuna, <laughs> right? Yeah. Akuna and Matata. He'll be, he'll be up in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So, all right. World Series time. What do you got?
1: Out of the National League. Um, I should have thought of this before. No, I would out I... of the National League. <laughs> yeah. Well, what? Did the Sports Illustrated picked the Nats, didn't they?
0: Yeah, and that keeps on working for them every time. Yeah, pick every them. time. So,
1: that's what they're going with. No, I'd like the Cubs to put it all, all back together. Yeah, and make a run. Yeah, I wouldn't, National I League. wouldn't
0: be surprised by that. Uh, I think I, I, I'm kind of jumped on this train. I'm not going to go away from it. I think the Diamondbacks win the National League. Uh, I really like Paul Goldschmidt. He's like I, he I think he, I know everyone talks about him being underrated. I still think he's underrated. Yeah, you know he's made you like never
1: the actually see the Diamondbacks play. I know the that's East
0: the problem East. is we don't watch them a lot, but. I like them. I think they're a very complete team. And uh, just they're going to build off of that run from last year. And I could easily see them. I, I think it's going to be a tight race. As much as I want to pick the Nationals, it just I don't want to go with what sports all says. Well, are. the Nationals just never actually win. Yeah. That's true. Okay. So you got Cubs. I got Dimebacks. American League. What we got? Well, I know you're going to say the Indians.
1: Right. Because this is the Homer podcast. Yes. So the Homer may wants to say the Yankees. Okay. Realistically I can't. Okay. Unfortunately. I just don't think I don't think anybody's gonna and? pitch with those with Keiko, Verlander, and Cole. <laughs> like it's so hard to pick against the Astros. Yeah,
0: it's tough. Uh, I, I like I mean they're the defending World Series champions. Yeah, they also got they, they only got better. You know, they didn't they didn't lose anybody of note. We talked yeah. about this before, like and they're not gonna have any competition in their division. So, it, it just seems like they're a really easy pick. I'm obviously picking the Indians. I, I've i just I bought in. I could see it not working out for them. I know, like, you know, the last two years, they lost all their elimination games. You know, <laughs> it really sucked. Not you know, they, they go up in the World Series and lose to the Cubs. Uh, that seemed like, you know, they just ran out of steam, though, in 2016. You know, they were, they were down Carrasco. They're down Salazar. They're down Brantley. And they made a run yeah, but
1: was the frisbee thrower starting? oh well What's i his mean name? well trevor bauer uh no. with the drone no 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 the guy who literally threw like frisbee sliders
0: oh um like righty who barely broke 80 uh well his name is josh tomlin and no, the guy is the man <laughs> uh he's everyone's favorite sixth starter yes. and he's been with the indians for a good amount of time now. He was uh, like their second starter in the World Series. Exactly, but he actually pitched well in the <laughs> okay. World Series. And Kluber, you could see, like, didn't have it. Uh, last year, they just like they fell apart. They took a two-game lead in the first round and kind of thought, like, damn, this is this should be done, right? Like, they're, they're, this should be over. But uh, the Yankees clawed back. The Indians' defense failed them, and it, they fell foul on their face. But I think they're just going to be like revenge driven not even revenge driven I don't want to say that because I feel like that's like a, a, have a little like a, extra motivation they're going to have motivation and between Lindor Ramirez the pitching staff the relief and, and the fact that I'm you know a homer you know, and I'm biased and I, 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 I want to see them do well and I want to be the guy that's in the beginning of the year I believe in them so right. I believe in them I think they're going to win the World Series over the Diamondbacks in five games
1: I like the Astros to repeat Yeah. over the Cubs. Very six.
0: difficult. Ooh. Wow. All right, so an Astros repeat and an Indians breaking a 70-year curse. So, not bad. <laughs> Owen, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I hope this was a great start to your spring break. It was. Yeah, this is going to be great. All right, thanks okay. again. See
1: you at the All-Star break.
0: All right, see you then. Yeah, we'll have to do a season report. <laughs> Right, and big thanks to Owen Stewart for joining us for the Baseball Preview Podcast. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. Definitely going to be a really fun year. Uh, you know, the best part about baseball is you could lose, like, the first game of the year, you know, on opening day, and it not really affect the rest of the season. It's, like, you know, unlike football where you lose game one, you're already thinking, okay, who has a chance to be good this year? Who has a chance to be bad? It's like, no, a, a lot of good teams lose on opening day in baseball, so it's nice to, you know, be able to go into like the second week and not think, all right, like the season's on the line. So really exciting though. I'm, uh, I'm currently in the process of trying to make the home opener for the Cleveland Indians work next Friday. I'm really excited. Uh, a lot of my cousins are going and I'm feeling the FOMO already of not being able to go. So I'm really working on it. Uh, they have an extra ticket for me. I can get off work. So I think it's now just being able to bear the eight hour drive alone because tickets are, you know, flight tickets are just way too much right now. I, I, it's, the drive is worth it at this point because if I can get the time off of work, you know, it, then, then I, I can do that because I want to spend like 600, 700 bucks on, on just a flight to Cleveland for two days. Uh, but it was really cool. And, they, and the Cavs play the night before the Indians home opener. And I've never been to the queue. So maybe I could turn this into a big trip. This could be something fun. Vacation Baker is back. And that would be just like, you know, the top of the mountain in terms of like vacation ideas for me because I've never done a Cavs game in Cleveland. I've seen the Cavs at the Garden like five or six times, I've seen them in Brooklyn two or three times, I've seen them in Washington, D.C but I've never seen them at the queue. I've never been to a Quicken Loans arena at all. So uh, it'd be really great to be able to squeeze both of those in into one trip. Browns later this season, this could be a very Cleveland year for me. And uh, really excited just for the Indians in general. I hear that opening day is like St. Patrick's Day, but with baseball. And to me, that's really, 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 really cool. So going to work on that. But uh, before I let you go, you know what, and and to inspire my top five this week, I wasn't going to do it. I was going to hold this uh, just to to the baseball preview and the rant, but to do a top five this week, I'm going to use the Indians Inspiration, all right? So my top five of baseball game activities or what have you, I want to get your opinions as well before, uh, you know, so you can comment down low for that. But my top five for baseball game activities, This the first one, number five, is a bit Cleveland-centric. It's But you can take this for however, whatever your home team is. The John Adams beat of the drum. You know, you go to a Cleveland game or you watch an Indians game on TV, you can hear a drum going on in the background right before the pitch goes. What kind of late in games he saves it for. And... Yeah, I just think it's a really cool home factor. You know, a lot of places have a different, like, home cheer. Like, the Yankees do their kind of, like, bleacher creature thing that they love so much. Uh, The Braves have, like, the tomahawk, uh, chop. And I'm sure there are a lot of others that I don't know of. A lot of other, like, traditions in the stadium. You know, Wrigley does their whole take-me-out-to-the-ball game where they have celebrities sing it. Uh, and, And everybody's got, like, a different song, you know, a victory song, like, Go Cubs Go. Or uh, I think the Nats have a fun one now. But, you know, to me, it's it's whatever that home flavor is. Whatever that home cooking is. And for the Indians, that's John Adams. Uh, number four, ballpark food. This is, I mean, this is a clear number. Like, th- this could easily be number one. There's nothing like getting, like, a, like, just cheap dirty water dogs at the baseball game. Now it's kind of like... It's really becoming a thing now where people are making it like a little crazy. You know, like they, like minor league ballparks are the ones that like really step this up with like doing, you know, they put like cereal on dogs and chili and they go all different kinds of stuff, which is really, it sounds really weird, but you know, when you're a minor league baseball team, you got to get like gimmicks and do different things to get people to come to the ballpark. So I always appreciate like weird ballpark food and I'm never picky about those things either. There are only a few things I don't like. You know, I'm not a big fan of mushrooms. Uh, I'm not a big fan of olives. Uh, don't love artichokes. But, like, really, that's, that's a kind of it. You know, I like tomatoes now. I love onions and peppers. Like, a lot of things I didn't like as a kid, I like now. I don't like cauliflower. That's, that's, oh, my, my my big no-no. So, but, like, that's, like, four things I don't like. So, uh ballpark food number four is is just an easy choice because of the wildness and like kind of again it's it's different you know every place has a different thing and that's what i like about you know baseball stadiums not being like not being all the same thing like you kind of see that in football sometimes now you're seeing a little less but uh I, i like to see like really different places and that's what's really cool you know you go to a different baseball stadium the fields are different. It's the only sport where, based on where you're playing, the dimensions of the field you play in are different. I think that's really strange, but cool at the same time. All right, number three. A lot of people aren't going to like this, but I'm a big fan of the wave. There is nothing wrong with while your team is pitching to do the wave while you're just chilling in the seats. Baseball is a three-hour game. It's a long game, and most of it is spent not doing anything. The Wave is perfectly fine. Uh, I don't want someone to force me to do the Wave. I don't want a guy to be super aggressive and yelling at people to do the Wave. It should feel natural, but I'm a big fan of the Wave. You know, This could be at a lot of different sporting events, Really not football. Football is like the one thing where a wave isn't a thing because, you know, it just isn't. You know, while your team's on offense, your team's on defense. Anything can change at this you know, at, at a moment's notice. And I know that can happen in baseball too, but baseball is just a really long game, and you gotta get through it. And the wave is a really fun thing. So if you don't like it, eh, I get it. But whatever. Number two. Now this was, this goes back to my favorite sports sounds, but the crack of the bat combined with the crowd pop after. I'm a big like moments type of guy and I love any time you have like something that just is like, you know, sends shivers down your spine, gives you goosebumps or like just gives you that feeling of like, oh my God, oh my God, that's awesome. Uh, I love those. I love that in sports. That's why I like rooting for big upsets and buzzer beaters in the NCAA tournament. It's why I like you know game winners in in football or any type of walk off anything. And in baseball, the crowd pop on like a big crack of the bat homer is it. I, I'll admit, I watch like YouTube videos of it, like the Manny Ramirez one at, at Fenway Park that everyone knows. That's a good one. Uh, Rajai Davis in the World Series for the Indians in Game 7 to tie the game. That one is is an all-time fave. That one just... I almost knocked over the couch when that happened. And it's one of those things where you just, like, you shiver. You, you, You get goosebumps everywhere. And to be at a game and hear that... Sometimes it takes hearing the bat hit the ball to know if it's a home run or not. You know, sometimes... I see the ball go in the air and I think like, Oh, oh it's a home run. And then I like, wait a minute. No, it's just literally a pop fly to short uh, center field. So not usually the case, but if you hear it and like, you hear that like great crack and then you see it's in the air, you're like, this might be it. This is it. All right. Number one, my favorite thing about going to the ballpark is definitely, uh, you know, a little to get a little sentimental, like the memories and the tradition. I, uh, everybody's got their stories of, like, the first time they went to a baseball game. Usually, baseball is the first game, like, as a kid you break into and you get to, uh, whether it's, like, Little League baseball or, like, even going to a game. It's the first game you uh, you get to go to. You know, if, you're, if your dad's going to bring you to a game, it's usually not going to be a football game. Baseball games can be cheaper. Uh, it's kind of like a more tame environment because there's not, like, a ton of tailgating and stuff. And I can remember my first game going to Cleveland. I have a picture of it with, uh, my grandpa and my cousin, Jimmy too, which is a a great picture. And it's just, it's, it's one of those, you don't even have to love baseball to really appreciate going to a baseball game and and having that whole tradition and family surrounding of it. And I I think that's really special. and, And that's something that everyone should look forward to having that type of moment. Uh, you know, if I go to the game next week, which I'm going to go, I'm going to make it happen. You know, I have two cousins that have young sons. I asked them if they're coming. They're like, no, 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 no. And I was like, wow, okay, all right. I didn't realize this was that type of environment. But I can and and then when they explained that it was St. Patrick's Day, but with baseball, I was like, okay, that's not something you want to bring your one-year-old or your, Know, in, in Brian's case, like you're one month old, so I, I don't know these things. I don't, I don't. Babies, what, well, I don't know. I mean, who am I to say how old a kid should be? But, uh, but I do see them in the future taking them to baseball games and 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 how much they're going to enjoy that. I know that that's something that they'll enjoy and that's something that everybody enjoys at some point in their life. And it's my favorite thing about going to the baseball game is creating those memories, creating those traditions, stories, pictures, whatever it may be. Really excited for that. And that's my top five baseball game experience uh, details. Comment on my uh, on my feed. What do you think? What am I missing? What's great about going to baseball games? What's great about your baseball team? You know, if you're a Mets or a Yankees fan, what do you love about going to the game? Uh, is it like a certain bar you like going to there? Is it a certain memory you have? Let me know uh, in the comments section. Uh, tell me about your favorite baseball game experiences. Uh, all right. Before I go, I want to end on one little rant. And uh, at first, I was wanting to make this the whole episode, but I feel like that might be getting a little ahead of myself. But recently in the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr. trade possibilities have been coming up. And I want to kind of get ahead of this. I know a lot of people have been talking all week, but I want to address this. You know, take my opinion out of it. The facts only. I, I We want to discuss Odell Beckham. All right, so going back to OBJ's college days, he was a superstar wide receiver that, to be honest, when he was getting drafted, I really wanted him. Uh, I was all over Odell Beckham. I wanted Johnny Manziel and Odell Beckham, or Odell Beckham and, and Dave, Derek Carr. I didn't really want Sammy Watkins. I could see, I was like starting to see that it might be a possibility. I was like, all right, if we draft Sammy Watkins high, and we get Derek Carr later, I'd be okay with that. Uh, but I, uh, you know, it seemed like we weren't going to draft Khalil Mack or J. Davion Klein. We we're going to get a wide receiver and most likely a, a quarterback. And that didn't exactly happen. We drafted a corner that was one of the worst picks ever, and Johnny Manziel, which everybody knows Johnny Manziel by this point. But when the Giants got Odo Beckham, for the most part, a lot of what I was seeing was, why would we pick a wide receiver here? We have Victor Cruz. We don't need a wide receiver. What is this guy's too short? Like, and I was thinking, I'm like, I, and I'm, I don't want to say those was all Giant fans. There were a lot of Giant fans that liked the pick and wanted him, but there are a lot of guys that wanted Eric Ebron over him. And I looked at it and I'm like, guys, Victor Cruz shouldn't be the reason you don't draft Odell Beckham Jr. You know, you draft Odell Beckham Jr. because you want a superstar wide receiver. And he went higher than I thought he was going to go. And he turns out, He's amazing. You know, he missed the first couple games of his career, and then the moment he stepped onto the field, he starts setting historic records, right? He is, like, you know, most touchdowns in a 15-game span, most touchdowns in a 20-game span, 30-game span, most receiving yards, most catches. Every, like, young person record he holds now as a a wide receiver. Like, it's one of those things where he just bursts onto the scene and it's like, all right, what's going to derail this? Well, a couple things have, you know. Since him getting drafted, he has gotten a little volatile. You know, there have been a lot of things around his career that have been hampering uh, his his perception. You know, the perception of Odell Beckham. You know, you look at he has so many distractions. The celebrations are one thing. Like everybody celebrates in the NFL. I get it. Uh, I like the team celebrations more because it's involving everybody. Odell Beckham is not really a team celebration kind of guy. He loves to do his own thing, and it's a very look at me attitude. And I and I I know a lot of people are gonna roll their eyes when they hear that. Like, oh, he's a look at me. He's a superstar. I get it, but he loves the spotlight, and it's like he it just doesn't seem like he gets it sometimes. For example. He had the temper tantrum against Carolina. You know, that was a big one. Carolina was the best team in the NFL at the time. And he got relatively, not even shut down. He just was having problems with Josh Norman. Now I know, they were baiting him all game. They had the bats before the game. They were trying to intimidate him. But guess what? It worked. You know, like you're not supposed to let that work. You're supposed to go out there and do your job and beat them and let that talk. And then after the game, when people are saying, like, hey, you know, like, what was going on with that? And be like, I don't know. But whatever it was, it didn't work. We won the game, and uh, I, I beat the shit out of them. You know, that's what it's supposed to be. But instead, Odell started multiple fights during the game, was swinging at Josh Norman. He did exactly what Carolina wanted him to do. And this doesn't happen a lot in the NFL. You see this type of behavior once every couple years or so. So... You know, When you're judging Odell Beckham, you have to take this into consideration because he acted like a child, and he hasn't done anything to repair his image since then. Since that time, he's had a lot of different type of meltdowns. He had the punching the kicking net, and it fell back onto his face. I made a very funny video, and he made some jokes about it and haha, because it ended up on the back page and all that stuff. But later in the season, when he had like a touchdown against the Packers... He goes over and he hugs the kicking net. Now that alone doesn't really bother me. I get it. Ha ha, that's very funny. But like he was a like by himself doing it, which means like he knows that the cameras were on him, uh, and I know he was doing it for the cameras. If you don't think so, you're you're lying to yourself. But the big thing that bothered me was they were still losing, and it was late in the game. They were going to lose that football game, and he's there doing this like me first attitude, and. To be honest, I don't get that. Like, if you're that type of player where you think, okay, I just scored, here's my moment to go shine, like, celebrate in the end zone for a couple seconds, and it's hard to, like, be like, you know, take it really too seriously. But, like, if you go, like, all right, your moment's over, and you go over and you hug the kicking net while basically the Packers are kneeling on the ball and about to beat you early in the season to get your, like, second or third loss, like it's one of those things where it's just like, where's your head at? You know, and and if you think that's me overreacting, it's not. It's where is your head at in these types of situations? He also compares himself to Tom Brady. And this really bothered me because, you know, he looks at, and he took a video. He took a video and he took all the times that Tom Brady was yelling at on the sideline. And then he compared it to the times that he's yelling on the sideline. But number one, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. He, at the time of this, he had at least four Super Bowls on his way to his fifth Super Bowl against the Falcons. And he posts this video saying like, oh, it's, it's you know, Tom Brady's allowed to do it, but not me. Well, Tom Brady's a champion and he's a proven leader. And neither of those things are Odell Beckham. He has never proven to be a leader and he has not been a champion. He made it to the playoffs once and, uh... I mean, they lost to the Packers, like, in their first game. And uh, I I don't even know how he did in that game. I believe he had, like, a somewhat average game. But, you know, he was dropping some passes, and, you know, the Packers were the Packers, basically. Aaron Rodgers was being Aaron Rodgers. So, he's made the playoffs once. You know, Tom Brady has done his entire career. There are some things Tom Brady's allowed to do. Not to mention, Tom Brady's yelling. It's been shown to work over the years. He's a motivator. He's, like... It's one thing coming from a quarterback who uses it to motivate and uses it to win as opposed to a wide receiver that's doing it because he's pissed off he's not getting the ball or that they're losing. You know, it's just, it can't be treated as equals. So yes, Odell, Tom Brady is allowed to do that because he's earned the right and he's proven that it works as opposed to you who you haven't proven that it's worked. I'm sorry. All right. The other thing's... The Miami boat incident, you know, he, before that playoff game against the Packers, they took the picture of all of them down on the boat in Miami. That doesn't bother me that much because it was like seven players on his own team that were on that picture. Uh, it, I mean, more so bothered me that it's like this wouldn't happen in a Tom Coughlin team. You know, this isn't something that would be allowed during the playoffs. Uh, it, it, it just more fuels the fire. It alone isn't a big deal but it just adds to this big fire of where's your head at? You know, you've got a playoff game on Saturday and all you're doing is you're down in Miami taking like Instagram pictures on a boat. And it's like, yeah, it just seems like your head should be elsewhere. I'm not saying like he shouldn't be allowed to do that. He should be allowed to live his own life, but it just, it fuels the fire of where is your head at? And so if you want to avoid these problems, you should probably avoid going to Miami during the playoffs. You're going to be eliminated on Saturday. Why don't you go to Miami next week? You know, that's totally fine. So, you know, the Odell apologists, Yeah, and and I don't want to pick on Sims and Lefko. They're one of my favorite podcasts. They're my favorite, two of my favorite people to listen to in terms of football. But they apologize for Odell Beckham for literally everything he does. And to me, I think, how can you keep ignoring all of these things? He has done so much in his career to make him just, like, such a headache. And they look at him and say, oh, but look at what he's done. At what point does it say, listen, your value's dropping because of the headache and distraction you bring to this team? A lot of football is based on camaraderie, and it's based on being able to trust your teammates. And i got to be honest, if I was an offensive lineman on the Giants and Odell was doing all this, Yelling on the sideline, going to Miami before the playoff game, uh, getting in fights that cause our team, you know, to lose. I I've, I've seen players like that. Whether it was on my my football teams in high school and college, less so less so there. I didn't. I never really saw it in college. But I've seen guys lose their minds in high school, and it never helped. And on my men's basketball team, and I know this is such a smaller scale. But you have to think about what I'm saying. There was multiple times this year that we lost the game because we had just too many technical fouls and guys that were just losing their minds and and bitching at the refs. And I know it's not the NFL, but the, the message is the same. Where's your head at? Try to be a good teammate and win the game. Worry about the refs later. And instead, guys are getting too caught up in personal beef with the refs. personal beef with the cornerback or the media or whatever it may be and not thinking about the team and in men's league you're not getting paid you know you're getting paid in the nfl so i get that like you gotta look out for your own in the nfl but i mean nobody wants to pay a guy who's not a team player that's the other thing too you know if he's trying to get a big time contract oh i gotta look out for myself i gotta look out for my own like yeah well you know if you want to get a big contract teams are going to give you a bigger contract if they like you more And you're not doing anything to help yourself there. Now, all of that was before the last, the incidents of the last few weeks. He's been accused of an assault. Now, I'm always innocent until proven guilty. I totally get that. But it's more stuff you can't ignore. And the video. People are going to the pizza video, which I think is hilarious. That it's like, oh yeah, we'll call it the pizza video. He has a joint in his hand and a girl had, is obviously doing cocaine on a mirror. Now, is it enough in a court of law to make it criminal? No, it's not enough evidence. But is it enough to say, where's your head at? Maybe it's an old video. I I believe that that might be the case because sometimes these old videos come up out of nowhere. So maybe that's the case. And someone proved it to be with like uh, tattoos saying he didn't have the tattoo that he got in, in 2016 or whatever. So maybe it is an old video, but... He's not jumping out ahead of it saying, yeah, that happened. You know, he's like, it, it's, it's no comment. It's no comment. I just, I think at the end of the day, this all needs to be kind of like, it needs to come into to consideration when it, when talking about Odell Beckham, you know, his apologists need to know that there are these head scratchers and the Giants do things a certain way. I get it. Uh, but he, no one's the villain here, you know, they shouldn't be villainizing Odell Beckham, and we shouldn't look at the Giants and say, wow, look at the way they're treating Odell Beckham, I hate when people say that, it's like, Odell Beckham has done this to himself, you know, this is all self-inflicted things, now, he's holding out for a new contract, and there's talk of trading him, A, if you want to hold out, you hold out. I don't like when I wouldn't like my teammate holding out, but at the same time, you know, you've seen it from other players. And now you've seen Ryan Shazier's possibly career end on his rookie contract, where he's not making as much as he's worth. If Odell Beckham believes he's worth more, okay, I get it. Hold out and get your money, especially in a contract year. Uh, I was always under the belief that when you sign a contract, you should honor that contract. And when you're a free agent, you get a new contract you get to sign. And that's great. You sign the dotted line saying, I will play for so-and-so, for so-and-so, for making this much on this much on these days. So to me, I think it's a little bit going back on your word when you get a new contract. But that's kind of the, the way businesses run in the NFL. So I'll, I'll ignore that and just say, listen, if you want a new contract, hold out and get your new contract. You know, It's not going to help your image at all, but I get it. You're looking at these injuries. He could have been even more seriously injured in the preseason. You know, he had a nasty injury, nasty hit from uh, uh brand body Calhoun where he got hit like a right around the knee and he like limped off the field and he threw a bit of a like fit in the hallway leave, leaving and I mean, he ended up like playing the next game anywhere or whatever, but then the ankle injury came up after it. So I mean, and that's another thing too. It's like it, it just seems like he's always, you know, operating in front of a camera. Uh, but whatever. So this all goes into the consideration of Odell Beckham. If you're the Giants, don't trade him. Give him his contract. I know he, I know he's going to get overpaid. But you know what? That's the that's the world of the NFL. He should be setting the market because he's the most talented wide receiver. He's that good. If he's healthy. And on the field, he is the only way the Giants are competing. So if you're for real about this whole, we're going to give it a shot with Eli until the end of his career, then you can't trade Odell Beckham. Because if you trade him, I know you're getting picks, but you're not going to get enough to compete now. You could still draft Saquon Barkley at two, have Odell Beckham and Eli Manning, that could be your case. Everyone knows that I want the, the Giants to draft a quarterback because... I just think it's, I just think it's more important uh, to be thinking about your future. You know, if, if you're going to trade Odell Beckham, you should most definitely be drafting a quarterback at two. No question, that should be like the first thing. All right, we trade Odell Beckham. We got two first rounders or, what, or whatever the price is, three total picks, quarterback at two. Take Josh Rosen, take you know, and use those other first round picks to parlay into more first round picks get some talent, get some youth. But, I mean, I don't think you should trade him. Because you're only going to regret. You're only going to say, damn, he's friggin' awesome. He's like, why did we get rid of him? And it's very doubtful that guys like Calvin Ridley or any of these rookie wide receivers are ever going to match him in the NFL. So, don't try and do it. Just give him his contract, swallow the big money, and try and develop young talent that you can build around this core, If you're serious about this whole Eli thing. So, and I mean, I don't want to be like the anti-Odell podcast. Because I actually think he's amazing. And I really liked him out of college. I was defending him so much coming out of college until the Giants fans became his super fan. And I'm like, alright, I don't need to defend him anymore. Everyone knows how good he is. You know, he's the fastest to this and everything, basically. You know, but... You know it's something also to think about with the tra- you know with trading him. You know people will say, oh well, they're not going to trade him. You know he he's worth too much. Well, worth and price are different now. You know his price gets affected by what happens with the off the field stuff. He might be worth four first round picks, five first round picks. But as we've seen with Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon has the same amount of talent that Odo Beckham. Has. But his price has dropped significantly. He's gonna be a restricted free agent next year. And I'll be very interested to see what kind of contract offers he gets because he's had so many suspensions and he's so close and he's just another failed drug test away from not playing again. So how much would you want to invest in this type of player that's never been around you before? You know, if you're the Uh, let's say, Tennessee Titans, and you have a lot of money, and you're like, let's go get Josh Gordon, you don't know anything about his road to recovery. So he might be worth multiple firsts and $15 to $20 million a year, but that's not exactly the price he's going to get. You know, uh, Ryan Chazier, when he comes back one day, people aren't going to give him the contract that he might be worth because his price has gone down because of his injury history. This is the same for Odell Beckham. His price might go down because his he, just because his worth is high, his price will still go down considering all that has happened outside. Not to mention his injury. He's missed a ton of games last year, and we haven't seen him come back. Now I think he'll come back, but I'm not a doctor. I haven't examined his you know his body to say he's ready to play. I've seen some workout videos, but we all know how those can be you know made to look. So, before you say what he's worth, just remember, price, worth is just a factor into the price. So, and and not to mention, David Gettleman, oh, he won't let him go for nothing? Really? Like, he let Josh Norman go for literally nothing. He didn't want to pay Josh Norman, so he just let him go. And he signed with the Redskins. Well after the free agency rush was over, they couldn't come to a contract, so he kind of just let him go. And, and they lost him for nothing. They got a comp pick. If that. Did they get a comp They got a comp pick. They got a comp pick. But you combine that with the fact the Maras are fed up. It's obvious that the Maras are fed up with him. Gettleman let, you know, Josh, Josh Norman go for nothing. I wouldn't be surprised if Odo Beckham gets traded for less than what he's worth. You know, if the Browns call up and say, hey, you want to swap one and two, you go take Sam Darnold, we'll take number two, Odo Beckham, you take two second rounders, they might say, that's plenty for us. It's it's something to think about going forward. So, anyway, I think that's something we should be monitoring going forward. Odo Beckham is a very curious case in the NFL right now. He's the only player that anyone's talking about. So, Listen, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of The Jake. Uh, It was a lot of fun talking baseball with Owen Stewart, doing a little rant on Odo Beckham. And thank you for listening. I will be back next week, hopefully with some Cleveland stories. Go Tribe.